Welcome to another David McCracken Ministries podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Hallelujah. Praise God. I got a lot to say, but I need you to listen in the spirit. Hugh has ears, spiritual ears, hear what the spirit is saying to the church. These are not days where we need to hear another person's opinion. You don't need mine. I don't need your opinions of what has derailed many believers over recent years. We need to know what the Spirit is saying. We need to know what the Word says. And we need to know the truth. So I'm going to jump straight into it. Are you doing well this morning? Great. I've got a very clear word that God has given me to speak. I've never spoken it before because it's fresh manna from heaven for me. In fact, I'm still trying to work it all out. So can, can, can you let me just... Can we explore it together? But before I do that, the Lord told me I have to speak into the season uh, that we're in. And so I'm just speaking as a prophet. If you're waiting for me to pull you out, don't because you'll miss it. This is it right here, right now. The Really, the role of the prophet is to speak to the church. Don't confuse the role of the prophet and the gift of prophecy. Okay, let's hear what the Spirit is saying. This is what the Lord said to me that you are in a half-time season. Half-time season. I said, Lord, what are, you, what are you wanting to say about this? And he said, in a sporting event, the purpose of half-time is to pause, reassess, and get ready for the second half. To pause, to reassess, and to get ready for the second half. And then the Lord said to me very clearly, there are two essentials that we need to know about half-time, and that is listening to the coach is essential. At halftime in a sporting event, they just don't have a conversation about what they like and what they don't like. No, no, no. The coach comes in and he starts to speak. And I want to declare by the Spirit of God to the church right now. I'm speaking at fire church, but I'm speaking to the church. I'm speaking to you, but I'm speaking to the church. There is coming a shift to the body of Christ where Christianity ceases to be all about me. Come on, it's not all about you. It's not all about me. It's about God, the glory of God, the extension of His kingdom. We need to hear what God is saying to the church more than what is God saying to us. Because when we hear clearly what God is saying to the church, we'll find our place in that. But too many times we want to know what God is saying to me and then we can almost step away from what God's doing in the church because it becomes about me. And I want to declare it's time to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church and it's time to hear what the coach is saying at half time. What the Spirit is saying, what God is saying right now in these days, we need to be listening to Him. Can I hear an Amen. The second thing from listening to him in a halftime in a sporting thing is adjustments, if required, are essential. You listen to the coach, he assesses what was, he goes, if we are going to, if we're going to win, if we're going to get the best of the second half, we need to make some adjustments. We should not be determining the adjustments in our life or in the church, Jesus should be. Many times we're going on a witch hunt and we're giving our attention to things that God goes, that's actually not as important to me. There's some things that are more important, but you're missing them because you're fixated on this one little thing. We need God to set the adjustments in Deuteronomy 12, 32. It says, see that you do all I command you and do not add to it or take away from it. These are days where full obedience is the only acceptable obedience. It's not just these are the days, they've always been the days. There are many people in the body of Christ, some in this room, where you are faithfully serving God in an area that is different than what He told you to serve in. Because obedience is better than sacrifice. God, I know what you've called me to do, but it's too big, it's going to cost too much. So I'll faithfully serve here because you'll be pleased. And the Lord says, I'm not pleased because it's not serving me, it's serving your own desires. It's time to come and do all that the Lord has said. Is there a cost? Absolutely. Is there a cost to what I do? Absolutely. Is there a cost to what you're called to do? Yes, but nothing compared to the cost that the Lord Jesus Christ took when He died a cruel death as a sinner and a criminal on a cross for you and I. We've got to get past this. The will of God should be easy. You want to follow me? Deny yourself, take up your cross. Some of you are going, why did I come to church this morning to hear this? Because you came to church this morning because you needed to hear this. 
God is looking for some people that lay it down. We sing it, we sing it, we sing it. But God, when it gets hard, when the opposition comes, when the enemy comes, when things don't work out like we thought they would, we start to step back from God. That's the time to step in. That's the time to step in. You need to know the amount of opposition, even over recent months, and my wife and I have been met on every front, attack after attack. That's not the time to step back. That's not the time to say, oh, I'll re-engage with being a prophet when this all settles down. We have moments where that's a consideration. I'm being honest with you. But Jesus Himself said to the Father, if it is possible, God, can you remove this cup from me? Yet let me land not in my will, but in your will. And Jesus would not have said, not my will, but your will, if in that moment His will and the Father's will were the same will. You don't need to eradicate your will. You just need to surrender your will. She caught the mantle. All right. Praise God. So that's the halftime season. If you're feeling some adjustments, some shifts, some changes, if you're feeling that Father's putting some finger on things, I want to tell you it's not because you're off track. It's because you're on track. Listen, respond. Let's hit the mark. Hit the mark. What's your name? Ty. Kai. Big call of God upon your life, young man. Big call of God. You've already seen bits of it, but there's, 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 even over recent weeks, there's further stirrings been going on. God is calling you to greater things beyond what you can imagine. He says, be faithful, steward, wow, what your, is in your hands now. And it, it was like, I get the picture, old school, you might not even know it, get smart. I don't know if you know the program. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. He walked towards the door. As he walked towards the door, the, the automatic door just opened, kept on walking. The next door opened, kept on walking. The next door opened. The Lord says, that's what I want for your life. Don't think, where, where is it going? No, no. Walk faithfully. Door opens. Keep on walking. Keep on walking. Have, a, have, have in your heart, I already see it. God, if you want to, I'm, I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm all in. When the opposition comes, I'm not prophesying doom and gloom. I'm, I'm, I'm empowering you right now. When the opposition comes, say, no, 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 no I'm way stronger than that in the Lord. I'm way stronger than that in the Lord. Like, do a Jonah Lomu and run straight over the top of them. Most of you won't get that analogy, but amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Today, the Lord told me to talk on provision. Provision. Something I've never spoken on before. And as I say that, some of you are ready to switch off because, oh, goodness me, he's going to talk about finances and churches and money. We shouldn't talk about it, even though Jesus talked about finances more than he talked about prayer, but that's just a side issue. Um, we need to understand that this is a Holy Ghost is just talking to me. So when you see something you don't like or an error in the church, don't throw it out. Reclaim the truth. You are in just as much error when you react against error than when you reclaim truth. If there's things you go, I, I don't like that, I don't want that, so I want nothing to do with that. But its seed is in the Bible, it's just being polluted or defiled. Are you with me, church? Don't throw it out because you're just as wrong as the defilement. You reclaim the truth. You redig the truth. What does God's Word say? I'm going back to that. The Lord spoke to me. Uh, the Lord spoke to me last year coming in. Uh, sorry, coming into 2020. He said, revival is coming, but the revival is, looks different than what you think. Revival is the church coming back again to God's original intention. People talk about God going to do a new thing, a new thing. And yes, Isaiah says that. But the new thing is a renewed thing. If we're looking for something that we've never seen before, I tell you right now, the greatest thing that God needs to restore to His church is people that come back to this. We don't need a new doctrine. We need a renewed doctrine. 
You are not transformed by a new thought. You are transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's time to reclaim this. What God says in this about anything is the truth. I don't care how persuasive you are, how strong you are, how bullying you are. If you say something different, you are wrong. That's not inclusive. It's biblical. I'm not here to be inclusive. I'm not even here to make friends. I'm here to make disciples. And when we focus on just making friends, we won't go to the places that disciples need us to go. Jesus loved Peter so much. He said, get behind me, Satan. Not very friendly or pastoral. Because right now you do not have in mind the things of God, but merely human concerns. It's time to toughen up, church. It's time to come back to discipleship. We want pastoral care. God, just, just someone make me feel good in my, in my present dysfunction. My wife has said to me, pastoral care is reserved for people that are in difficulty through no fault of their own. The rest of us, we need discipleship, not pastoral care. You keep on doing the same thing. You don't need pastoral care. You need, come on, deny yourself, take up your cross, walk in the Spirit, don't walk after the flesh. Flee you for lust, put off the things of the flesh, put on the things of the, I don't like that, that doesn't make me feel good. You're not here to be made to feel good, you're here to actually be good by being in Christ. I could almost preach today. If that upsets you, it's because you need discipleship, not pastoral care. Stop fighting the master. This is not what I intended to say, but someone needs this. Seriously. Jesus didn't come to some fishermen and say, guess what, guys? I'm going to start this new venture. It's going to be great. I'll get a position for you. <laughs> if you would like to consider it, here's the, here's, here's the, here's the document. Read the, make sure you read the fine print. Okay. You're going to die. Um, if you want to weigh up your options, then come. No, no. Follow me. Turn around. Walk off. I feel for the church right now. Woo! That God is just saying, come follow me. And he's walking. And if we're standing here going, oh, I don't know. I don't know if it. That the, lo- Ooh, the longer we are wrestling with, I don't know if I want to be all in, the further it feels like God is getting away from us. Not because He's walking away from us, but He's walking and saying, come follow me. He doesn't say, come follow me so that we can lead Him. If we're following, He's leading. If we're not following, He's not leading. Forgiveness is not just for those that find it easy. Forgive other people so I can forgive you. If you don't forgive, I won't forgive you. I don't like that. That's too hard. I'm on a journey towards it. No, forgive. I can't. Are you a disciple? He forgave us while we were sinners. Christ died for us. We want to receive from God what we're not willing to pass on to others. Is it easy? No. Is it meant to be easy? No. I could go home right now. I'm quite happy. This is what's happening right now. The Lord is opening a door very wide for many of us. Come on into my throne room. But you got to leave that out there, leave that out there, leave that out there. That opinion, that offence, that unforgiveness, that bitterness, come on, that habit, leave it out there. Doesn't mean I can't come to God without, no, of course you can, but once you come to God, He says, don't just keep on carrying along saying, I'm following you, I'm serving you, but I've got this too, this, this, gotta let it go. In the words of Frozen, let it go. See, more of you got that one, very good. Uh, I want to talk about provision. In the next three hours that we got together. Don't encourage me, please. I'm not just, whew. Are we all right? I'm like, this man is about to explode all over the place. 
<laughs> Settle down, okay? There's more on you. Oh, Rabbi Father, increase the anointing in the name of Jesus Christ. Father says, I'm shifting gears in your life. And I just got the picture. Although he's accelerating, he's shifting down gears at times. And at times you're going, God, it's almost like we're shifting down. He goes, I'm shifting down, down so I can accelerate faster. There's many in this room need to hear the word of the Lord right now. I want to move forward. I want to move forward. And how many people know when you're traveling, sometimes you kick it down a gear so that you can go forward. Because if you try to accelerate in a lower gear, it doesn't actually quite work. So the Lord says, don't misdiagnose what I am doing. Father, release an increased anointing. Father, thank you, Lord. I want to talk about provision. If you'd stop distracting me, it would be wonderful. Um, and here's what I want to say. I'm not talking about finances, although it includes it. Are you ready to see something about God? Are you ready to see? If you want a, a, like a tagline to it, it would be this, trusting God's foreknowledge. Provision is all about trusting God's foreknowledge. I want to open this up. Provision, the word provision literally means, if I pause this because God's speaking, I'm listening, all right? Father just said, if you hear this naturally, you're going to miss the depth. So some of you need to just right now take a moment. God, help me to hear the spirit to spirit. Honestly, this is what the Holy Ghost is saying. I'm going, to, I'm going to bring it in the Spirit. Father, show us what your Spirit is saying. In Jesus' name. The word provision in the dictionary means the action of providing or supplying something for use. Make sense? The action of providing or supplying something for use. You're going to renovate your house and you need some timber and the truck comes and they... They provide the timber. They're supplying something that you will need for use. Simple so far, you're on, on board. But the Lord said, that's not what I want to talk about. He goes, I want to talk about provision. And he started to open it. And I'm just going to give it to you how, how he gave it to me. Okay, so let's just cook this thing together and see what the Holy Ghost brings out at the end. Can we do that? He said, it's not about provision, the action of supplying or providing something for use of what you will need. He said, this is provision is provision. Provision, provision. Pro means for. Pro is for, con is against. Pro is for. Vision is what you see. So provision is for what you see. It's all got to do with our sight. And then the Lord showed me that the word provision in the dictionary, believe it or not, even though it says the action of providing or supplying something for use, it comes from the root Latin word in the dictionary to foresee. To see ahead of time what is needed. We have reduced to provision. God, I need this. I hope God might be able to. No, no, no. The basis for provision is foresight, seeing what is needed ahead of time. And I'm about to show you something in the nature of God that He not only foresees it, but He has also supplied it ahead of time, whatever it is we need. Don't reduce this to the finances. It includes it, but don't reduce it. Anything you need. I need some peace. I need some joy. I need some clarity. I need some relationships. I, I need God to break through in my family. I need restoration. God says, I see it and I provide it ahead of time. That is provision. Not a vain hope of I hope God wakes up and sees. No, 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 no. It's already done. There's the starting point. Are you with me, church? Let's go to Genesis chapter 22. Feel free to just get as rowdy as you want. Not you, though. No, other people. You go for it. Do it again. Ha. I think God's going to restore greater measures of joy to His church. In the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of. So when it breaks out, don't try to control it. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Hmm. <laughs> Shall I say it? Yeah, I should say it. The greater problem, okay, God's telling me not to water it down. <laughs> the greatest sin <laughs> is not 
the excess of joy that can sometimes get into the flesh is the ones that have no joy pointing and saying, why are they doing that in church? The fruit of the God's Spirit is love, joy, but don't have it in church. If you say don't have joy in church, you're saying don't have Holy Spirit in church. It's fruit of His Spirit. Let's not sanitize God down to the point where He's not God. Let God be God. Okay, back on track. Hallelujah. Genesis 22, are you with me? Verse 6 to 14, and this is where God calls Abram to take his son, his only son, the son that he gave him, and to take him up and to sacrifice him. I I think this is one of the heaviest stories in the Bible. Anyone else? Considering the fact that God had promised for 25 years he's going to have this son. I'm going to give you a promise. I'm going to give you a promise. I'm going to give you a promise. What's your name? Heidi? God said, call out the greatness in her. So I'm calling out the greatness in you. I'm calling out the greatness in you. There is, there's an enlarging going on. At times there's a stretching to the point you go, what is this all about? What's actually going on? God says, I'm enlarging you, not to break you, but to expand you so you can carry more. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, just lean forward. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray right now, God, that this will be a day of seeing what you're doing so clearly. I pray, God, fill her up, fill her up, fill her up, fill her up, oh God. Fill every space, I pray, in the name of Jesus Christ. And I call out and release the greatness of God, the largeness of God in you and through you. In Jesus' name, you're on God's mind. Genesis 22, are you with me, church? Abraham took the wood, this is verse 6, took the wood for the burnt offerings and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. And when they reached the place that God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and he laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and he took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket, he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and he took the ram and he sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham, verse 14, so Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. I want to pull out a few things from here and then just unpack this just for a little bit today. But I want to start by saying this, God's provision is released into our reality through our faith-filled obedience. God's provision is not separate from our obedience. And not just our obedience, our faith-filled. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 that Abraham and Sarah, the son that God had given him, that they believed that this, this God who gave them the son who says, now give the son back, he was able to raise him from the dead. And figuratively speaking, that's exactly what he did. If we're not willing for the dream to die, we actually won't step into the fulfillment. Sometimes God tests because He wants to know, is the dream more important than me? Is the son that I gave more important than the fact that I gave him to you? Faith-filled obedience releases God's provision into our reality. But I want you to say a couple things here today. Abraham, when Isaac said, God, uh, Father, where, where, is the, where is the lamb? Abraham replied, the fire and the wood are here, 
But Isaac said, where is the lamb? Sometimes when God provides, He provides part of what we need and not the fullness of what we need. What will you do when He gives you part of what you need for what God has Will you wait until He adds the rest? Or will you step out when you are in insufficiency? Hmm. God showed me recently through the Lord's Prayer where it comes to give us today our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. Many of us, when it comes to obeying God, want Him to provide for the whole project before we take the first step. He goes, no, do you have enough for today? Great, then get moving. God calls you to go on a mission trip, I need $3,000, so when I get the $3,000, then I'll go. God says, do you need it today? No, then get moving. Why do we need God to provide ahead of time for what we don't need today? God, when it comes to your healing, when it comes to your health, when it comes to your emotions, when it comes to your mind, there is provision for today. We don't have to have it all changed, all fixed. There is provision for today. And the God who provided the wood, the God who provided the fire, He'll provide the lamb. But His provision is not a future thing in His reality. It's just a future thing in our reality. I want to show you here, He says, when they reached the place that God had told them about, they did not get the provision of the Lamb instead of the Son until they were in the place where God told them to. There needs to be a widespread revival of this in the church. God, when you do this, then I will actually step into what you've called me to do. It's not how it works. Step out of the boats and then you'll walk on water. I want to guarantee that I can walk on water before I get, can we have a safety net under the water? So at least if I start to go down, something will catch me. Jesus said, come. Jesus said to Peter, come. Jesus said to the disciples, come. We want it mapped out. God wants us to step out. Oh. I can tell you right now, I don't spend one second thinking about finances. Not because I'm rich, but I trust the one who has called me. And I know that if I'm doing what Father calls me to do, then there is enough for today, for today. Get rid of this thought. Mm. Some of us are disobeying and we're calling it stewardship. I'm just being a wise steward. God's called me to do this, but we don't have the money, so maybe next year. I know God's calling us, but... Churches are not meant to be run by budgets, but by faith. Christians are not meant to be run by budgets. You're meant to be run by faith. But I need a budget. If it's not there, we're not doing it because that's good stewardship. That's disobedience. I want to walk on water, but I don't want to get out of the boat. I'm not talking about presumption. I'm talking about when there's a word from God. We'll celebrate when God does the miracle, but we'll do our dandiest to remove any opportunity for a miracle. Newsflash, not one person in this room is called to be the provider for your life or your family. We're brought into the lie that the, the husband is meant to be the provider for the family. No, God's meant to be the provider. We're getting ourselves under a burden that God says, why are you placing yourself under that? Stay with me, I'll take you there. Are you ready? But I want to take you one, one more thing in this passage and then I want to really break this open. Is, is anyone with me today? Is anyone hearing Father? I'm here to lift burdens off, not place them on you. Okay, so hear the word of the Lord. Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb. And then down in verse 14, Abraham called the place, the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. I felt the Lord say, I know what provided is means he will give you what you need. And God said, go and have a look at what it means in Hebrew. The word provide means to see. The dictionary itself comes, the word provision comes from the Greek Latin word, uh, the, 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 sorry, the, the root Latin word that means to foresee. 
It says here, Abraham said, when Isaac said, where is the sacrifice? Abraham answered, the Lord will see. The Lord sees it. The Lord will see to it. And when we go at the end in verse 14, when it says the Lord will provide, He called that place. We always say the Lord will provide. We always say Jehovah Jireh means our provider. That's not what it means. It actually means Jehovah Jireh literally means the Lord sees and He'll see to it. I want you to not separate anymore the fact that God sees ahead of time and He'll see to it ahead of time. That is God's provision. I'm feeling weak on a certain day. It's not that God will give strength, but before time, God looked ahead and He goes, I see it, I see you, I see your weakness. And before you need it, I've supplied your strength. This is deeper, isn't it? Come on. If you think, man, God, I need you too. God says, I've already done it, I've already seen it, I've seen it, I've seen it, I've seen it, and I've seen to it. It literally means God will see and God will see to it. But where does God see you? On the mountain of the Lord, the place where God says, I want you to go there. Hmm. We can't devoid, devoid or divorce God's provision from being where He's called us to be. I hear the Lord just say, whenever you and I say, God, I need, I feel when He wants to shift, I'm telling you, He wants to shift me. He wants to shift many of us today. From God, I need, almost like God, I hope you will, to God, I need, therefore, God, you've already seen, you've seen to us, so God, help me to see what you see and receive it now. Hmm. I want to say trust God's foresight. Because that is God's provision. God, I trust you. My dad honestly lives by this principle for his life. He goes, I'm just indestructible until God says my job is done. That's how he lives. 18 months ago, he had a contouple bypass and he's still traveling and preaching. He's just come back from interstate and did five days of meetings. And, and it's like, I'm indestructible. Why? Because God's, God saw that. God saw that. God saw that. And He's provided. Sometimes He provides through a supernatural healing. Sometimes He provides through a medical team. We did the quintuple. But I'm still going because God provided. Don't tell God how He has to provide. Don't tell, and don't project your faith onto another person's and condemn their reality because you shouldn't be taking that medication. Just believe. That, that's, not, that's not faith. That's wrong. If you have faith, okay, I'm going to step on something right now. If you have a conviction that God says, don't do that, and that is your conviction because God spoke to you, then you do what God says. But if someone else is struggling and you say, don't do that, God's going to heal you. God's going to heal you. No, don't do that. If you do it, it's a lack of faith. No, you're a lack of faith because if God wanted to do that, you should heal them. If you can't heal them, don't tell them to have faith. Don't get in the way of God and call it spiritual. Some of you think I'm a little bit direct. God told me about three weeks ago, Steve, I'm calling you to be a more direct prophet. I told my wife that and she goes, what? (laughs) Part of where the church is derailed over recently is no one's saying the things that need to be said. Be what you want, choose what you want. It doesn't matter, it's all good. And we've got to be loving, so let's not just touch that. No, touch it. Touch it. Touch it. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. What God created, that's good. What, what perverts that, that's sin, that's evil. Praise God. So trusting God's foresight, that is God's provision. I pray this is making some sort of sense to someone today. Whatever you need today is already being provided because God foresaw it and He gave the answer. God has never ever declared, I did not see that coming. <laughs> Gabriel, did, did, did you? Michael. God has never been caught by surprise. God has never said, I didn't see that coming. God, therefore, has an answer before there is a problem. 
God therefore has provision before there is a need. And God's foresight knew that there would be a ram in the thicket for Abraham. That was God's provision. God knew for knew that there would be a coin in the fish's mouth for Jesus' disciples. Ha! <laughs> that was God's provision. In the most extreme example, God foreknew the answer to humanity's sin problem and He provided the perfect sacrifice in His Son, Jesus. This wasn't a last minute, I hope this works, desperate attempt. This was not an I have run out of options moment for God. The whole Old Testament speaks to the truth that God foresaw the need and the solution well before the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. According to Revelation 13, 8, the Bible says that God's foresight of Jesus coming into the world was from the time of the creation of the world. He was crucified from the, from the creation of the world. You need to get what God is saying before man was created. Therefore, before there was sin, before there was a need for a Saviour, then in the eternals, Christ was crucified. Provision is not something that will happen. It's something that happened in the foresight of God. What you need has already been paid for and supplied in full. Romans 8, 32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he also along with him not give us, graciously give us all things that we need. I see people today stepping out of God's rightful seat of provider and we step into our rightful seat of steward today. And I mean steward in the right sense, not in a lack of faith sense. I need you to hear this. The Lord said to me, gave me a picture, and I want you to get this today. Stewards on a plane are responsible to steward, that is to take care of the passengers who are on the plane. Are you with me? Do you get the picture? We fly all the time. There's stewards there. They exist there on that plane for the purpose of looking after the people that are on the plane. And the Lord said to me, stewards are not responsible to provide, to supply people for the plane. They are not responsible to go out and fill up the plane. Stewards take care of what is there. They don't have to get something to fill it up. Not one person in this room is called to be the provider of your life. I need to work more because I need to provide for my family. That is actually not biblical. Am I saying be slack, don't work? No, God forbid. I'm trying to tell you and highlight who's the provider, who's the steward. If I say I'm the provider, then I'm scheming, strategizing, I'm trying to work it out if I can work longer. And all the while, many times, oh God help me here, please. Many times we end up violating something else in Scripture to try to fulfill what we think in Scripture, and that is I'm the provider. And all the while we get busier and busier, and our times with the Father get less and less and less. We end up often not even spending time in the Word of God because I'm so busy providing. But God says, I'm your provider. So if we realign that, maybe you'll have more time for this. Because that's clearly in the Bible. Don't get what I'm not saying. I'm not saying don't work. I'm not saying that we don't even have to sometimes work harder and longer. But let God direct that. Because sometimes he says, stand still and see the salvation of our God. And someone, something happens and, and someone comes and drops something in here or provides here. The, 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 the history of the world is, is, is full of example after example of men and women of God when they had nothing and God says go and they didn't think, okay, we need to get the funds before we go. They took a step of faith and groceries arrived on the door or someone said, God told me to pay for your flight. So now does it always happen? No, but it happens often enough to people that say, God, I'm not the provider you are and if you tell me to do something, I'm going to go and do it and I'm not going to give thought. 
to where the provision comes from. I'm just going to steward what you supply. And if God says, I want you to put in a three months and working harder, then you do it. Don't say, Steve said, I shouldn't do it. No, if God says it, you do it. But if God says three months, I want you to sit and be still, then you do that. But make sure it's God. Are you with me? When God called me in 2006 to be a prophet and start to travel, he said, Steve, I want you to go wherever I tell you to go, regardless of size, location, or finance. He said, don't give it a single thought. If I tell you to go to a place and there's 12 people and it costs you $2,000, you better go. And don't then say, okay, I'm going there. Can someone help me? No, just go. I'll provide. If he says, go to a place, if, he, if I get invited to go to a place and there's 5,000 people and I know the honorarium is going to be wonderful and the Lord says, don't go, then I say, okay, I can't come. I don't make a decision based on financial provision because then I'm looking to meetings as my provider and not the Father. Some of you are looking to your works, to your job, to your employer, to your boss. That's my provider. No, Jehovah Jireh is your provider. And God wants to bring realignment, which will bring greater freedom. He's seen it ahead of time and He sees to it and He says, I need some people that actually come back to my kingdom ways. Am I talking to anyone? Philippians 4, 19. Praise God. And I know the kids are going to come back in and things like that, but let's just keep on going just for a little bit. We won't take too long. We'll stop before five, I promise. Philippians 4, 19 says, And my God will supply, will meet all of my needs according to His riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. Is that what your Bible says? And my God will meet, my God will supply, my God will provide all my needs. Is that as clear as it needs to get? I'll provide for my family. No, no, my God will meet and supply all my needs. The word supply there literally means to fill up, that is to cram. I need you to hear this. God supply my needs. This is what the Lord said to me. God doesn't deal in leftovers. Well, if, if I put this totally in God's hands, I'm not sure I have enough. So what, you're bigger and better than God? Think about what our comments in our lifestyle say. I'm not sure I can trust God with the family situation. I'm not sure I can trust God with the provision for what He's called me to do. <laughs> My God will cram in all that I need to the point where like, I got a picture. <laughs> you know those competitions where they get a small car and they see how many people they can fit into a car? Maybe you don't want those sort of things or know those competitions, but I just see legs and arms hanging out of the car and we got 23 people and they're on, they're in. That's what God says, I'll do with your needs. I'll cram it in. But sometimes it's only enough for today. Don't say I'm in lack because you don't have next week's. Are you eating today? Do you have a place? Okay, you have your needs, man. Paul said, in prison, after being beaten and in chains and sitting in filth, in the most horrific place that I wouldn't even want to look at, let alone live in, says, not only rejoice in the Lord always, again I say rejoice, but he says, I've learned the secret of being content, whatever the circumstance, well fed, hungry, which means I have been hungry, in plenty or in that, which means I have been in that, but I, I can do all this through Christ who gives me the strength, I'm still alive. I'm still preaching. And you know when he said, pray for me? Not once did he say, pray that I'll get out of prison. He said, pray that I'll have the boldness to actually preach the gospel while I'm here. Some of us need to change our prayers from escape to God. Empower me right now, right here, so I can actually reflect you. Some of you want to escape your job because it's so bad. Maybe you're there because you're meant to be salt and light and make a difference and bring God's kingdom. You don't remove the lamp, you light it. You light it. I'm almost done. Are you good? God, God provides for us according to His riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. I just feel there's a reason that God has called our sufficiency. Our sufficiency. 
Psalm 23, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. 2 Corinthians 3, 5 says, Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. And as we close, as we pray this morning, before we come back tonight and we lean in further, I, I feel that the Lord is saying it's time to step back into the right seat. Church, it's time to step back into the right seat. And can I just, I, I just want to put this, Pastor Alex, for you, the leaders and the church, please hear me because it involves us all, but I need to speak this out. I heard Father say that Father wants to actually increase your faithful finances as a church. This is not about finances, but this is a word of the Lord in this thing of provision. If God sees it ahead of time, uh, I feel that God has got some faith steps that God wants you guys to take. I feel when it comes to buildings and locations and premises, God says that this is not enough. This is insufficient. Can I hear an amen? amen. Let's not be content with us. So you do not budget yourself into it. You do not plan yourself into it. You faith yourself into it. If God has spoken, do not Add to it and do not subtract to it. The Word of the Lord clearly to you, man of God, is don't shrink down what I've called you to plan and to do because some say that's too big, that's too large. It starts with impossible and then it comes possible and then it becomes done in the Holy Ghost. Increase, 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 increase. Father, an increased gift of faith right now, right now, an impartation right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Holy Ghost boldness. I cut off the voice of naysayers. I cut off the, the voice of small-minded thinking that comes in the form of logic and reason and common sense. I break that off you, man of God. I feel almost like you've been tied down a little bit recently. Things have been placed upon you. I cut it off in the name of Jesus. I say run in the grace of God. Run in the gifts of God. Run in the faith of God. Enlarge them, enlarge them, enlarge them. Everything I pray for you, I pray for Jess. We're going to pray more tonight. I feel the Lord say, I heard, read this from Hudson Taylor the other day. I found that there are three stages in every great work of God. First it's impossible, then it's difficult, then it's done. Whew. God says, do not add to it. Do not take away from it. Pastor Alex, I need that deep in your spirit. Elders, leaders in this church, I need you to hear this by the Spirit of God. Do not add to it. Do not take away from it. Do not add for it. Do not take away from it. And do not add to it or take away from it and call it stewardship. If God says build it this size, then we build it this size. If God says build it now, we build it now. Are you hearing the Word of the Lord? God wants you to be a church. Oh. I'm almost done. Just give me a little bit more. Almost done. But I heard the Lord saying, worship is just bringing it back to me. I feel that too many in this church have compartmentalized your faith. Many of you believe for healings. This is one of the distinctives of your church. Am I in the right place? But we believe for healings more than we believe for Father's provision and finances. And God says, I'm the same God. And it's all about, I foresee it. Come on. The reason we can boldly lay hands on the sick is not because we hope God will. We know that by His stripes, we are already healed. Hear me, hear me, hear me. You're seeing breakthrough in the area of salvations and in healings. Church, listen, you're seeing breakthrough because you've got a revelation that God's already done it. God needs you to have the same faith in the area of finances. I'm not talking prosperity. I'm talking about provision for what you see because we're seeing what God sees. Don't throw it out. Reclaim it. Reclaim it. Reclaim it. Reclaim it. My God shall supply. He is my sufficiency. Caps removed. Lids removed. Small-minded thinking removed. And I want to challenge Holy Ghost boldness right now by the power of the Most High God. If there's people in this room in a place of influence and God starts to speak, we're going to do this. Do not come and add your wisdom on what we need to do. It's smaller because it's not wisdom, it's of the devil. If it's against what God says, 
Let's get on board with what God says and not get in the way and somehow try to spiritualize our small-mindedness. I'm not talking about a lack of about stewardship, but stewardship is take care of what I'm providing. Are we with me, church? I know I'm saying it hard, but I'm, I'm trying to leave no place to hide. No place to hide. Yeah, but get rid of your butts. Get rid of your butts. I'm saying when God has spoken, we embrace it and we run with it in the name of Jesus. Stand to your feet with me. If you are hungry for God, lift up your hands high to heaven right now. Come on, lift up your hands high. Come on, 30 seconds. We've got a heavenly language. Lift it up high. I want you in the spirit right now. I want you in the spirit right now. I want you in the spirit. Hallelujah. Just a little bit more on the mic, guys, please. No lids, no lids, no lids of limitation, restriction, immobility. The Lord says, I am looking for some through whom I can show myself strong. God's provision is God's foresight. And the Lord says, trust my foresight. I saw the ram before you needed the ram. And I want you to know, it says, and Abraham looked up and he saw the ram. Maybe your provision comes from looking up, not looking in, not looking out, but looking up. The Lord says, do not let your lack Result in your disobedience. It's time, it's time, it's time, it's time, it's time to realign. God is the provider. I'm the steward. So I'm going to pray this as I close. And if this is your heart, I want you just praying along with me and adding your amen. Father, right now in Jesus' name, I pray that we will just step out of the seat of the provider of our lives. We trust You to be the provider of our lives, that You are Jehovah Jireh, the God who sees, the God who sees to it, the God who calls us out of the boat to walk on water, the God who can supply a coin in a fish's mouth. Don't tell me He can't do it. God, we see. God, we thank You that You see ahead of time. You provide ahead of time. And Lord, we will step back this day into the rightful seat. We are stewards, caretakers. Thanks for listening. For more content, head to our website, davidmccracken.org.